and any liver You let them put the fear on you Stand and deliver Not a word you heard was true And if there's nothing you can say Welcome, friends and neighbors from around the world. You have tuned in to Citizens for Free Speech, Stand and Deliver, and that's what we're going to do today. I'm Patrick Wood, founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech, and today I am sitting here with... Bob France. I am the National Communications Director and the Ohio Chapter Director of Citizens for Free Speech, and uh, Pat's free speech is under attack. We've been saying this, well, really... You founded CFFS about four years ago, so you you could say it's been under attack for at least that long. But man, here in 2022, it's ramped up to a level we haven't seen before, not just here, but with our neighbors. That's right. And we have a huge story today to talk about, in particular, what's going on up in Canada. I would never have picked four years ago that our headline uh, would be, you know, over Canada, over Justin Trudeau, much less. I mean, we there's a lot of things we don't like about him and Canadians don't like about him. Nobody ever expected him to do what he did the other day when he uh, invoked the, the Emergency Powers Act up there and crushed the trucker protest, at least he tried to. And all of a sudden, um, his colors, his true colors came out with this act of just pure tyranny to crush these peaceful protesters. And there was no battle going on. There was no fighting, no Molotov cocktails or anything like that. Yeah. He just said, I don't like what you're saying and I'm going to crush you. Fortunately, fortunately, he rescinded his position a couple of days later because he got legal word that he was on very, very thin legal ice and would be busted very shortly. So he withdrew that. But uh, there's more to the story. And I want to tell you, you can never underestimate what a tyrant like Trudeau is going to do. And we've got one huge extra story we're going to throw in that you probably have not picked up on. It only has come from Canadian news so far. That's right. we're, but we're on it because we're all over the free speech issue. Why would we care about Canada, by the way? Somebody's probably asking that question. Well, number one, we have a global audience now, I discovered. People from all over the world are tuning in to listen to what we have to say about free speech in America. And secondly, Canada is our dearest trading partner and just kind of country partner, if you will, uh, to the north of us. And we've always had a wonderful relationship with Canada. They fought with us side by side in the various wars we've been engaged in. They supported us economically. Uh, I honestly, I don't think I've ever met a Canadian that I didn't like. And there's a lot of them down here in the Arizona area. Every winter they come down. Um, they're just genteel people, very nice people. So we're concerned what happens in Canada is just a little bit too close to home. And we can see the same thing happening here one day soon. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when we see free, free speech rights being just completely destroyed um, by a tyrannical dictator in training, which is what I kind of consider Justin Trudeau, we have to wonder um, how much does that mirror what's happening here or what could happen here if we're not very careful and take a lesson from it. And, he, and two things I want to say about that. Number one is that the protest that the truckers and the Freedom Convoy in Canada engaged in for about a month, uh, supported by I don't even know how many thousands of Canadians and Americans uh, in a variety of ways, sending money to help them, sending them supplies, sending them gas, food, uh, and so forth. Um, that was as peaceful as protests get. 
they weren't attacking, they weren't smashing, they weren't looting, they weren't doing all of the things that we have seen in violent protests here in the United States. And we see that with, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests uh, and the Antifa groups and so forth, particularly throughout the entire summer and fall of 2020, the summer of, quote unquote, you know, racial reckoning. Those protests were the ones where police were attacked routinely. Those protests were where buildings were burned down, where people were shot, where where uh, 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 looting was was widespread and so on and so forth. And Justin Trudeau, the little tyrant in training, supported those. His words were, I'm not anti-protest. I was really for the BLM protests. But when it comes to the truckers protest, where the police aren't the ones being attacked, it's the truckers protest where he was then giving permi- uh, the police permission or rather orders to attack the protesters. He's, he, he wants to quash a peaceful protest over something, by the way, that should be fundamental to everybody when it comes to their rights. I don't care if you're American or not, American or Canadian, and that is the right to decide whether you put toxins in your body that may, may or may not have adverse effects on you. But that's the one that he wants to crush. He supports the protest where violence and attacks happen. He, he, he crushes the protest where horns are honked. That's the criminal behavior, horns are honked. And then accusations of swastikas and other flags being flown around there and so forth. That's what makes this so troubling, Pat, is, is the, <laughs> the decision-making of a guy like Trudeau. What support, which protests he supports versus which ones he's going to enact Canadian martial law to stop. And he tried to do that, of course, and uh, he tried to crush them, uh, crush the protesters by confiscating their trucks, by freezing their bank accounts, by canceling their insurance policies, and otherwise just destroying them and making it so that they couldn't possibly live in Canada. It worked. He didn't just try it. He did it. He did it. And unfortunately, fortunately, he pulled back from that position. But I want to say you got to you got to watch Justin Trudeau, because when he when he figures you're an enemy of his, he's not going to just pull back and say, oh, you can have it now. You can go ahead and have your protest. You know, good luck with that. Not at all. This man is vindictive. He's sneaky. He's absolutely deceptive in what he does. And this is very interesting now. Just just listen listen to the train of thought here. Mm-hmm. The timeline again, first he invokes the emergency powers, then he uninvokes them, even though the, his parliament went along with it for another 30 days. And then everybody thought, the truckers thought, hey, we're, we're home free. We're, we're good to go. And in a sense, they are. They're remounting up there right now. They're regathering. They're steaming up again. They fill their trucks up and they're on the way back to Ottawa. I don't know where they're going now, but they can't sit down because if they do, Trudeau will win and they will lose. So they can't just sit down and do nothing. So they're, they're ramping up again to make, a, make another protest across the country. But in the meantime, while everybody was cheering Trudeau, having done this, okay, through the back door comes proposed legislation in their parliament up there. It's a bill called C-36. This is, a, this is incredible. The headline of this reason, I've only seen this in Canadian press. In fact, you sent it to me, but that's where it came from. Yeah. It says Trudeau's anti-hate bill will allow people to preemptively report Canadians for hate speech. Now, this is so sneaky and devious, you just won't believe it, but I got to read a couple of paragraphs from it. Um, the diversity minister in Canada, his name is Ahmed Hussein, reintroduced the legislation. So apparently this is something that was there before, but it didn't pass. He's reintroducing it again. And I have to say, it's not voted on yet. They have not put this into law, so don't get me wrong. But here's the deal. Uh, he reintroduced the legislation after events that transpired in Ottawa. That's the truck protest. 
in which a very small number of individuals at the Freedom Convoy protest carried hateful symbols. Oh my gosh, including, he says, the swastika. So, oh, we can't have that. So here's what they did. Here's what the legislation proposes. If you are caught taking a picture of some hateful symbol at a protest and you post it online, or if somebody just thinks you're going to take a picture and post it online, you could be charged with hate speech. That's right. If somebody preemptively, if they think, if somebody is watching you and they see you raising your iPhone or your Android to take a picture of some sign is hateful, they could snap a picture of you, turn you in and say, you probably were just about to post that picture online and you are going to get busted. Now, if you can't figure out that this is a major violation of free speech, I'll tell you what, you're not listening, not paying attention. This is huge. While on one hand, he let the truckers get back to business on their, their trucker protests, he turned around and he said, okay, the rest of you people out there, turn your cameras off, turn everything off that you got. Don't report on this. Don't say anything about this protest. If they fly a sign of the, you know, whatever hateful sign and you take it, we're going to bust you good. This is equivalent to taking and freezing the bank accounts of people who gave money in the first place, who donated money um, through the online platforms to the truckers in the first place. And Trudeau said, we're coming after you guys. You gave money. We're after you too. <laughs> so now they shut yep. down free speech. It's an, it's yeah, incredible. This is, this is uh, and, and obviously we need to, again, reiterate, we're talking about Canadian law here. They don't have our constitution. They don't have our first amendment. So they don't have the exact same quote unquote, you know, rights to free speech as we do, or at least we once did because they are under attack, but still Canada is largely a free country and the people there should have a right <clears throat> to do exactly what they were doing, which is carry out, carry out the freedom convoy, support the freedom convoy. And, you know, they're, they're going after people, as you said, not just the truckers, but anybody who has supported them in any way. If you sent $5 via a GoFundMe, which was frozen, by the way, or via one of the other uh, uh, crowdfunding uh, sites, uh, then you are in the crosshairs of the government. They can indeed freeze your bank account. If you bought coffee and gave it to the truckers or any of the supporters of the truckers, they shut down restaurants. Mm -hmm. they, if you sent pizza over there, they shut down pizza restaurants. So it's, it's all of that and more. But to this point that you're talking about, the bill states that those who practice discrimination or communicate hate speech online or via other means of telecommunication in which hate speech is likely to foment detestation or vilification of an individual or group of individuals on the basis of a prohibited ground of discrimination. They can indeed be hauled off to court, as you said, even if you are thought to per perhaps being somebody um, you know, who might post such things. But Pat, the irony of this is, and I talked about this on previous episodes of Stand and Deliver, the irony of this is the truckers and the Freedom Convoy supporters are not carrying swastika flags because they're Nazis. They're trying to, to, to use those to say, this is what we're protesting. We're protesting Nazi-like fascist behavior on behalf of the government. What, what Trudeau was doing to, uh, to his people, uh, essentially taking away their rights, taking away their decisions on what they're going to do with their own bodies and so on and so forth, was fascist, was Nazi-esque. So they're waving these banners to say, this is who you are. 
They're taunting them with them. And instead of acknowledging that, Trudeau is saying, no, these people are pledging loyalty and fealty to hatred, to Nazism. And, the, and, and anybody who's going to wave those flags, and as you said, take a picture of it and put it online, even if we think they might, they can actually charge them. You talk about, you talk about taking away people's free speech. Pat, by doing this, they're trying to determine what's in somebody's mind. What is their future intention going to be with this symbol? And if we think they might post it, we're going we're gonna to charge them. Now we're talking about taking away freedom of thought, not just speech, but thought. That's right. And that's where freedom of speech starts, by the way, is in your mind, <laughs> because you have to right. think it before you speak it. So this is, a, this is in particular dangerous. But you know that their attitude is, I know the attitude of the elites up there that, that are surrounding Trudeau, they look at the protesters and they say, smug little look, you know, paternalistic look that they might give them. We know what you're thinking. We know what you dirty little rats out there are thinking. So you don't have to tell us what you're thinking. You don't have to go through the actions or say something into the microphone. We know what you're thinking. So we're going to get you. We're going to bust you for that. We, we, we know what you're just about to do and we, you yeah. don't have to even go do it. We'll bust you right now because we know what you're thinking. This is insanity. And we see this mentality in many cases now in the United States as well with like pre-crime pre police software where they're trying to figure out where the next crime is going to take place before it takes place and go out and bust the person before he commits the crime. You know, you go, what? <laughs> How can they do well, that? Well, they have a crystal ball? No. You, you know, what's bizarre is there are real life kind of examples of it like that. But, you know, it, and I hate to be cliche because everybody quotes Orwell, but this is thought police. Remember yes. in 1984, the thought police, that's, that was their job was to go out there and sniff out uh, the subversives who were going to be speaking out against the party. And if they did things that made them think that they were thinking negatively about the party and big brother, yep. they hauled them into, you know, into room one one and it was yep. torture time. Yep. So thought police, if you think yep. it was just imaginary, no, yep. no, it was prescient on the part of Orwell because it's yes. happening right now. Yes, it was. Let's discuss just for a second the monetary fallout from this whole protest up there. This is interesting. I, and my economic background kind of makes me sensitive to these issues. But mm -hmm. uh, right before uh, Trudeau invoked the Emergency Powers Act, um, Canadians were having a hard time getting cash out of the bank. And of course, when he did that, he said, we're going to freeze your bank accounts. There was a virtual run on the bank system in Canada. People ran to the banks to get out as much cash as they could before they got frozen because they knew they were under it going to be, a, you know, attacked and they gave sure. money. They know they're going to, Oh, oh he's going to track me down. I better get my $10,000 out of the bank right now. And so there was a huge run on the banks taking cash out. Then after that kind of died down and he backed off and said, well, we're not going to, we're going to cancel emergency powers act. Now people that were in those, in the crosshairs, the cash withdrawal has continued because they don't trust him anymore. They see now that he could get away and do that, that he had the technology to do it. And because they now all of a sudden see reality for what it is that he can do it if he wants to, now we're really going to get our money out of the bank. So they're continuing to move funds out of Canada and out of the bank into their mattresses, I suppose, or safes or whatever, you know, go out and dig a, a big hole in the forest behind your house. I don't know what they do but they're taking money out to protect themselves. This is something I doubt that Trudeau was really thinking about when he pulled all the shenanigans in the first place, because the banking system could be totally crippled 
by pulling cash out of the bank. That's one of the weaknesses that the banks have. If everybody wants their money well, at the same time, they can shut the whole bank system down. The one protection they have, though, which is, by the way, I wish they didn't because I would, this, this was my advice to my Canadian friends, is exactly what they're doing. Get your money out, cripple the banking system. The government will be immediately have to say, oh, my gosh, look what's going on. Uh, we literally are being crippled, and they're going to have to relent and give up some of these, you know, these mandates and these thefts of, of, of personal freedom. But the, one of the protections they have is, and I was told this by a Canadian friend, there is a max of $5,000 per day that you can take out. So let's say you have $45,000 in an account. Maybe it's in an IRA, in, not an IRA, uh, in a CD or something yeah. like that. You can't just withdraw it in total. You can only do 5000 a day. So it's going to take you, depending on what you have, a long time to get it out. And that is once they start to see that activity, yes, that's when they'll freeze you. You know, that's, right. that, that's what because what Trudeau did was he gave the banks the unilateral decisions to decide which people, which banking customers of theirs were, were either taking their money out like we're talking about or spending it to help the protesters. And those were the individuals yes. that the banks were told freeze them. And That's so, right. you know, at 5,000 a day, people yep. can't even get all of their money out and put it in their mattress, as you're saying. That, that's right. When Trudeau speaks about, well, we, are, we do have laws in place that, you know, can be, uh, can keep people safe, et cetera, et cetera. The banking laws that exist right now in Canada are part of that whole structure of, of uh, control. Because like you said, they have their own rules and regulations. If they sense that a bank run is in place, they can shut down the bank immediately. They can shut the door, lock the door, lock off the ATM so you can't get any money out and they can say, no, game over. You're not going to have a run on the bank. Now go home and, you know, take a deep breath, drink a martini, whatever, uh, chill. Right. But, um, the, the restriction on money is also on moving money outside the country. I have a friend in Canada who told me he has an account in the United States. He's transferring money into it right now. <laughs> and I won't say who he is, but he's transferring money into it right now. And he says, I'm restricted in what I can, what I can send out because if they see too many people doing that, sending money outside the country, like, you know, you can open a bank account online right. pretty much anywhere in the world these days, you start sure. transferring money into it from a Canadian bank. The Canadian bank is going to have, look at it in aggregate and say, you know what, there's a movement here going on to suck our banks dry. We need to stop this now, or we're going to be bankrupt and they right. will shut it down. So there's no there's no liberties or freedoms that they will not take no. away from uh, their people uh, in order to keep the power that they have. It's it's pretty remarkable. Pat, let's because uh, we are in uh, episode number four of Stand and Deliver. We got a few other things we want to cover in this one before we are done. Let's talk about the campaign that we have begun with CFFS. You know, we're not just getting on podcasts or getting on radio shows, doing interviews and sending out releases and doing webinars. We are becoming active in trying to protect free speech um, and protect the First Amendment. And one of the ways we're doing that is we have this fantastic new method of helping people reach the legislators that they need to, to enact laws or vote for bills, um, you know, that protect our free speech. It's extraordinarily important. And the one we're targeting right now is the Travel Mask Mandate Repeal Act that's been put forth by Senator Rand Paul. Uh, Pat, tell everybody how they can be a part of this and what it's all about. Well, that's absolutely right. This this is this bill uh, had, was actually introduced last year by uh, Doctor and Senator Rand Paul, uh, Republican from Kentucky, by the way, and it has been languishing in committee ever since. Uh, it's been languishing in particular in the Health, Education, and Labor Committee, uh, where it was referred to, 
I looked at the membership of that committee. I was disappointed uh, that it's 50-50 Republicans and Democrats, and the chairman of the committee happens to be uh, the senator from Washington. Um, oh, my gosh, her name is Patty. Uh, come on, help me with Patty Murray. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, not the best choice, in my opinion. The person right below her name is um, <laughs> Senator Bernie Sanders. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a problem. It's going to be a problem. We need to spring this bill from this committee and get it out to a full vote. And Rand Paul the other day said publicly in the press release that um, that he was sick and tired of getting uh, carped out on airplanes to wear a mask, you know, like, you know, between bites of peanuts. He said, just bring me my water and my peanuts and leave me the heck alone. You know, this is ridiculous. It's not, it's not useful at all. It's just theater. It's drama. And stop it. So he pledged to try and get this out of committee to get it onto the Senate floor for a full vote. And he thinks he has the votes to do it if they can get it out of committee. The problem is some of the, the people like the chairman are sitting on this bill right now, and they probably don't want to let it go. So no. with a little help from your friends, we're going to give them a little bit of a boost. So he started this campaign to connect our membership in the United States, at least, with their representatives and with the chairman of this committee and the ranking member of the committee, who's a Republican, by the way, and Rand Paul himself, to give him encouragement. Rand, we want you to push this. We want you to keep lobbying to get this out of committee, get it onto the Senate floor, and repeal this, these crazy mask mandates that you have to wear a mask the minute you step at an airport or into a train station or a bus station or whatever, and all the time you're on the, you know, on the vehicle, whatever it might be, airplane or bus, uh, he said, this needs to stop. There's, there's no reason for it. States are dropping their mandates. Um, businesses are dropping their mandates. But no, the TSA, nope, they won't drop it. So he says, we can make a bill on this. And it's, it's legit, folks. If this passes, it's over. It's done. And we won't be wearing face masks anymore on public transportation. The... Um the odds of that happening we know are slim because of what you said about the leadership of the committee, but also it would have to then be signed by Joe Biden. And of course we know where he stands on this. Uh, so, so it's not likely to pass, but what makes this important and why we want people to be active on this and reach out to their legislators through the links that we provide is we need to get them on the record. Um, there is a midterm election coming up in what, 10 months, uh, right. just shy of 10 months, uh, nine months. So there's a midterm election coming and they the Democrats are in a desperate, desperate situation right now. And they're the ones in control of this committee that you're talking about. And of course they have the majority in the Senate and the house as well, but get them to vote, get them on record, get this thing out of committee and get them on record as voting against freeing people's faces when they travel, mm -hmm. uh, yes. because there is no science behind it. The CDC has acknowledged that cloth masks and, and those surgical masks, which are approved for airport and airplane use, are useless, and only N95 masks give you a degree of protection. Um, make them vote and, and, and watch and see if they're willing to do that in a midterm election year, Pat. See yes. if they're willing to continue to strap people's uh, or, or strap muzzles across people's faces when they know full well that the American people are done and they're tired of it and they are ready to move on past this. They were a long time ago, but let's get their vote on the record. And that's why we need to, to push this campaign. That's a big part of it. And I'll say, and I know somebody's going to be listening to our, us talking about this thing. Oh, these guys are anti-maskers. No, this has nothing to do with being anti-mask. We said from day one, it's on the record. You can go back and check. We said from day one, when the mask issue started to come up, this is an egregious violation of the First Amendment, because when your face is muzzled, all sorts of things happen. 
and I'll just, just listen to this. Number one, you can't speak clearly to somebody sitting across the table. They can't understand you. Secondly, 40% of America is hearing impaired. They, they, they depend on being able to look at a person's lips when they're speaking to confirm the words that they think they're hearing with their ears. Now, don't tell me I'm wrong about this. I'm hearing impaired. I know what I'm talking about. I have to watch. I always watch people's lips to see what they're saying because it just gives me confirmation that I interpreted what they said correctly. So you've got another aspect of it that, um, you know, when other people are speaking to you, you cannot hear them either. I mean, you, you in a grocery store line, a checker says something to you. And what you say, I uh, can't hear you. <laughs> you know, it's like, could you say it again? This goes on all the time. This is an egregious violation of the First Amendment to censor people's speech, to let them hide or force them to hide behind a mask to where they cannot communicate. And you know what happens in the end? All of a sudden, people start self-censoring. They stop talking. They don't want to talk anymore. I say, well, what's the point? I can't hear anybody. It's true. They can't hear me anyway. I'm just going to shut up and go sit in the corner. And then they're so, stuck inside their own heads because they can't right. talk to people. And then, and we've talked about this before, and we're not breaking any new ground here when we say this, but uh, the number of people who have suffered from social isolation that yes. have caused deep psychological and emotional problems um, is, is astronomical. And, and it's all because of these mandates. And one other quick element to this, Pat, before we talk about what's going on in Eastern Europe right now. And we talked about this, I think, in episode two, it might have been. But just real quick, there is a, a, a bill that's been introduced in the state of Virginia by a Democrat lawmaker. And I have to emphasize that because of the nature of the, the, the bill. And the bill is, uh, is to essentially uh, uh, ban mask mandates on the grounds that they violate the First Amendment, meaning that masks have become physical or, excuse me, political speech. Because the vast majority of people who support masking and mask mandates happen to be on the Democrat side of the political spectrum. And the vast majority of people who don't want to wear them, who are all about freedom first, uh, are, are Republican. Forcing people to wear masks is essentially making them make a statement that says, I support the Democrat policy here and the Democrat position here. And I care more about people. I'm wearing a mask so that I can, you know, virtue signal my way through through my day. And he said, literally, that is forcing people to make a political statement that they may not believe in. That's a violation of the First Amendment by forcing or compelling speech. That's exactly right. And so, yeah, you know, if somebody if somebody had a mask on and they wrote uh, M-A-G-A on the mask, I, I don't know what that would do to people in close proximity. I think somebody did that recently, and I think they got kicked off an airplane for doing that. Well, uh, you're close. Were... I, you're close. I saw that story, and it wasn't uh, MAGA. It was uh, uh, Let's Go Brandon. Oh, that's it was right. The Let's go, Brandon, which um, and by the way, I, you know what? Anybody listening to Stand and Deliver, I'm going to issue a I'm going to issue a social experiment challenge to you right now. If you are flying sometime in the near future, particularly if you're a business traveler and you're flying all the time and you want to do a little social experiment, get on a plane with a BLM or Biden Harris or some kind of face mask like that. Those are all over the internet. You buy them everywhere because uh, people like to express themselves by way of their face masks. Mm -hmm. Wear something like that to get on the plane. See if anybody hassles you. Then while in mid-flight, change your face mask to a Let's Go Brandon or a MAGA face mask. And let's see what the difference is. Because I guarantee you, no flight attendant and no traveler will stop you if you walk onto a flight with a with a left leaning or progressive message on your mask, particularly if it says BLM, because you'll be called a racist if you challenge somebody with a BLM mask. But 
I guarantee you, if you put that MAGA one on, you're going to start to get looks, comments, and maybe even a sir. Um, we've had some complaints from passengers. We're going to have to ask you to change that face mask or remove that face mask or cover it with another one that we can provide for you because you're making people uncomfortable. Pat, that is the biggest violation of free speech because it's hypocritical uh, speech. Uh, and I guarantee you, so a little social experiment. I would love for people to do that and report back if you can, so that we can see how that see how, uh, how that goes. I would love to see that. That that's uh, that's creative troublemaking without really being too dangerous about it. You're not going to get hit, hopefully, or assaulted or anything like that. You're not going to assault anybody. Right. Uh, let's let's turn it's just by make the way, a just statement give... to see what they do and record that's it. Right. Make sure that if somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, you need to take that off," uh, start to record that so that we can actually have the evidence there. I think it's important that we understand what's going on. Go ahead. Pat. That, that's right, and we do have our own huge protest in America right now, just starting out with uh, a whole convoy of truckers that are headed towards Washington D.C. They left yesterday, I believe, from well, recently for a day or two from uh, Los Angeles area, and they're on their way to Washington D.C. picking up more trucks along the way. It's gone. Looks like it's going to be a huge, huge protest, like what they had in Canada. In the end, don't know how many thousands or hundreds of trucks might eventually be in it, but it's going to be big. We would like to give a little bit of advice to those, uh, all of those people who are protesting peacefully. So far, it's been so peaceful; it's just incredible. I watched uh, some footage and when they were in Kingman uh, the other night, last night, and it, there were just a wonderful group of people. Several thousand people showed up to support these truckers. One truck stop gave thousands of gallons or thousands of dollars worth of fuel to all the truckers to fill up so they could move on. It's, it's been a, it's a great experience so far. But here's a word of advice to all you trucker friends out there who were involved in this protest. Keep it peaceful. Do not, under any circumstances, allow yourself to be baited into a conflict or a debate or a fight or anything else. Even if you are confronted with an, with an angry, rebellious person with a stick in his hand, Walk away, run the other way if you have to, to get away from them. Do not engage with anybody because you know what's going to happen, just like it did before. There will be agents provocateur introduced to the crowd eventually who will try and egg you into a fight. Do not fall for it. Just stay as peaceful as peaceful can possibly be, like somebody to, on a picnic on a Sunday afternoon in a sunny day. Just chill and don't get engaged, please. Well, you know, that's great advice, Pat. And if you're looking for any evidence of what Pat is talking about, look at what happened to so many of the peaceful January 6th protesters who are still under uh, lock and key uh, over a year, not being given an opportunity to post bail and get out. Uh, so many of them still being held in Washington, D.C. jails. And by the way, I'm not saying every protester on January 6th last year was peaceful. The ones who were not, of course, should should face the the, the law but with due process, but a whole bunch of other people who didn't do anything wrong were arrested in that too. So uh, you have to be very, very careful. There are going to be people out to get you if you're out there protesting on behalf of your rights as a part of the people's convoy, as it's known, uh, Pat, that you said is right now on its way across the country. Amen. And hey, listen, if you guys, anybody listening here wants to join Citizens for Free Speech, we need you to stand the line with us, to stand and deliver you can go to citizensforfreespeech.org and put your name on the line, join with us. You can also text, if you're on a mobile device right now, you can text the letters CFFS, as in Citizens for Free Speech, 
to 313131. You'll receive a link back immediately. You click it and you can just fill in your information and you're on the rolls with us. No charge to join, by the way. We're all about free speech. We are member supported, however, but uh, to join initially, and we never force a charge. It's up to people to give by their own free will. So uh, please do that. We need people to stand for free speech. There's no, there's no fooling around anymore, folks. We're, we're, we're getting down and dirty with this whole thing. You see what happened in Canada? Don't think for a minute that it can't happen in the good old US of A because it can. And I don't want to, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't want to say it's going to happen, but it would not surprise me if something like this happened in the United States and we're left hanging by a thread just like Canada. Well, there's no doubt about it because we're already dealing with what Canada dealt with. The whole That's reason right. the truckers went up there and protest is because of vax mandates and, 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 and other restrictions. And so we're undergoing the same thing. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if protesting that got us uh, in some of the same problems that they did yeah. up there. Um, by the way, uh, anybody CFFS, we are growing, growing, growing rapidly. I mean, seriously, our membership is growing uh, uh, exponentially. We want you to be a part of it because, again, all of those um, messages we want to send to legislators, like the one we talked about with the uh, travel face masks uh, uh, sponsored by Rand Paul, all those things only work if we have monumental numbers of people reaching out. So that's what we're looking to do. Episode number four, Pat, in the books. In the books, we're glad you came and listened, and we hope now that you also will stand and deliver. We're with you, folks. Till next time. See you next week.